We acknowledge the Gumbenga people as the traditional custodians of the lands where this podcast was recorded. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians and land from where you are viewing or listening from. We would also like to pay our respects to our elders past, present and emerging, for they have and will pave the way for us and future generations. Welcome, lads. Um, today's podcast that we'll be doing is based around men's health to fall in line with November. It is November. If you've got a mustache, you'll quick look at the cameras. So give it a stroke. Um, if you could, just chuck your phone on silent if you haven't already. Um, so cameras in the um, we get two shots with a microphone in the middle. So just please make sure you use voice a bit um, and. All right, we'll kick it off nice and easy. Um, right, first off to kick this um, podcast off, this is the first one from the Chaplain Jinnah Smoking Mob. Um, we're looking at how vaping and smoking affects men's health. Um, here today we have Deacon Walker. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Deacon, local Gombangi man from Coles Harbour and also family connections down the South Coast, you and country, all the walkers down there. Um, connected to all the Buchanan mob up here in the Barangaras and the Craigs. And John? Uh, John Laurie, um, Kimbangia, born and bred, Coles Harbour boy, um, got connections all over Australia and uh, yeah, just happy to be a part of this. I'm Lucas Booth, I'm a GP at Works at Gundula, I'm from Bungali, also got connection to Cowcaburn country in Mount Isa. Um, yeah, so here I am. Um, yeah, Barry Hoskins, a Lumbanga man, born and raised here. Um, connection down the south coast, the Walker family, my great great grandparents. Um, yeah, um, Pai, Wyland, where my mum from. Pai was my dad's for. Yeah. Please be here. Uh, thanks for coming, Uncle. Um, are you Ronan? Ronan Singleton, Lumbanga, but uh, also you Kanji, um, Kings. Yeah, Bellingary. Uh, my name's Tyson Morris, um, Dungadi Gumbenga. Um, I'm a Davis as well from what up in the Nambaka area. Kempsey mob as well, so all one mob. And the Morrises, um, all over the place. Um, I'm also the tackle engine and the smoking manager for the region. And we're here just to see what you guys have, with in your knowledge, to let us know. All right, Des, over to you, introduce yourself, mate. Desmond Ahoy, I'm from Armadale, N1 country. Well, I live in Mbangi country now. We've lived here for about seven years. Was Galavilla. About three. Well, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming along. Dion? Uh, Dion Edwards. I work with Tears with Tyson. Um, proud Gumbangi and Dungadi. A lot of connections down Dungadi. A lot of my family's down that way, but close families moved on. Yeah. In the recent period. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's about it. Sweet. All right. So I just got a list of questions here. Don't have to raise your hand. Just tell us what you know. Um, some of the things that you see in the community or see growing up or experience yourself. So first question I've got for you fellas is, um, let's talk about the broader health impacts of smoking on men. How does smoking or vaping affect men's overall health? And what are some common health issues that you fellas as health professionals and community members see amongst our Age of population against our pregnant women, um, also run amongst us as men. Um, anyone got anything that they could see straight up? Um, we do have a mixture of smokers, non-smokers. Um, I don't know if anyone vapes, but 
we're not here for that. We're just here to talk about your experience. Um, I'm going to chuck it straight over to the doctor here because he'll probably have something that he sees all the time and then we can start bouncing off that. Yeah, so the main main issues with cigarettes, so I mean, essentially probably one of the worst things you can do for your health is smoke cigarettes. Uh, I see a lot of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, a lot of asthma, uh, a lot of peripheral vascular disease. Um, there's so many things connected to the smoking. So um, I always say to patients, I wish I could play you a few few of my memories that I've seen. You know, I look after people at the beginning, that, you know, that have just started smoking, or I look after people at the end where they're just struggling to breathe, can't get a breath, and um, under the care of palliative care. So. Um, yeah. I see it across the whole span, so yeah, it's just yeah, it's one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. Um, what about you, Uncle? You've um, been around a while, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of things come and go throughout your um, years of gathering wisdom. Um, what do you see around the um, community? Um, yeah, growing up and, and you know, seeing the impact of um, smoking cigarettes and uh, was something that. I've had fond uh, well, yeah, memories of that. Uh, I've seen my mum and my dad uh, suffer badly over the years as they got older, and um, seeing the the local community uh, people that smoke smoke quite heavily, um, the impact of their health uh, deteriorated pretty quickly yeah. over those times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I've been sort of sitting in this role for about a month now, but I've been a uh, um, Aboriginal health worker as well, and over my time I've seen the percentage of um, Indigenous people across the board smoking rates come down from about 50% and worked its way down, and now we're sort of sitting around the 27.5% for our population, and that's Australia-wide. So is there anything that you might know um, in regards to how blackfellas used to see tobacco and sugar and things like that used as um, payment for, um, I guess, some work that they might have done or... Or anything like that, or have you heard any stories? No, I haven't heard stories like that. But you know, it was a common scene thing on the mist where um, all the uncles and aunts would go to supply one another with um, tobacco oh, yeah. whenever it was needed, yeah. and uh, the old payback system worked quite strongly that way. Yeah. Yeah. And no doubt that, that that was the case in, I imagine, on most missions yeah. and communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing as a young fellow, Ronan? I know probably smoking isn't a, a as much as a common thing for someone around, I guess, your age, what do you see now as the biggest issues um, in smoking or vaping? Oh, probably that it's accessible everywhere you go. Yes. You can pretty much get it wherever or whoever people give it to you. And um, yeah, I'm probably surprised at how many people actually do smoke at my age and you know, going around town and stuff. Everyone's got something that they're sucking on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we also see that, um, well, I see that with vaping, there it doesn't have that, that smell that sticks with you with smoking. It doesn't have the same taste. Like, is that, do you think that's something that plays a big thing amongst the young young fellas? They've got something that tastes nice, something that smells nice. Mm. You don't have to try and hide it as much because it's a quick, <laughs> and the vape disappears. Um, do you see anything like that? Like, is do you think that plays a big role in it? Probably almost like a lolly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Smells like a lolly. Yeah, um, yeah. And it doesn't just you know, disappear. It stays charged or whatever for you know, months at a time, weeks at a time. Yeah. And the new cases they're bringing out with these vapes, it's yeah. pleasing to the eye. <clears throat> it's not just the um, smoke itself, what you're putting into your lungs. It's also the cases they're coming in. 
because they're always coming up with like cases as shaped as a, a bong or yeah. something else, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, yeah. Something that just catches the eye. It catches the eye, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so just going on with that, you see how smoking, the packaging has now changed over the years. Yeah. Would Do you reckon something like that would, um, you know, deter people from taking up vaping or Like harder regulations around that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like especially around what you see first about what the health outcomes could be. Any health workers or community members? What do you reckon? The problem, I mean, the whole thing with cigarettes and vaping is that is nicotine is what's addictive. So nicotine um, is what makes you less stressed. And I say to people, well, you know, cigarettes are designed to make you less stressed. So it's, when you give up smoking, or I'm talking about um, giving up smoking, it's not like, okay, here's a tablet, go take this tablet. It's about addressing all these other things in their life, their social and emotional well-being as, as well as cigarettes. Because yeah. if someone's got heaps of stress in their life and they've had used cigarettes for a stress reduction for years and years and years, it's going to be very difficult to break. So we're going to have to we're going to have to look at other things to help them quit. Yeah. Have you got anything to say to Booth about the um, like the dopamine feeding when you're smoking cigarettes? Do you know what I mean? <coughs> that's, I mean that's a because that's, that's part of the problem getting off it, isn't it? Like you're sort of feeding your own dopamine. Yeah, that's right. Like, so you, I mean, it makes you feel less stressed, mm-hmm. and you know so. You know, we all like to feel less stressed, and I always yeah, like to feel stressed. You know, if you can have a cigarette to feel like that, well, that's what people do. And I'm pretty sure that they don't like the taste and they don't like the cost involved. Mm-hmm. And they don't like the health effects. So and now with vaping, I suppose it, make, it gets rid of some of that, doesn't it? They yeah. taste good, they're, mm-hmm. they're easily accessible and pretty cheap. Yeah. The problem is with vaping is that we actually don't know what the long-term effect Like I've seen some horror stories about vaping, but I've... Um, but I've also heard about other people saying, oh, you know, it's not that bad and other health professionals. I personally, I don't think it's going to be good. I think in 10 years' time, we're going to see a lot of you know, like things like fibroid lung disease and things yeah. like that. that will, that's irreversible. That's what yeah. I think will happen down the track. You're speaking it's about like what was it, chronic um, pulmonary, something you said before? Co- chronic. COPD. Yeah, chronic. Yeah, like a lot of our disease, so. like, what, viewers and stuff won't know what that is. I don't, honestly, personally, I don't actually know. Yeah, so chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is, um, the, you know, common term is emphysema. So yeah, okay, emphysema yeah. is basically... And everyone knows what that is. Everyone's scar lungs. Everyone wants that. Yeah, hyperinflated lungs where they can't yeah. breathe, they can't act like a sponge. So they're getting around, and that's where you see those people that we call it personally breathing and they're getting around and they can't breathe. They have to... Don't worry like that. Because yeah, right. That's how they create their own positive pressure in their lungs. Yeah, right. And that's how they survive. So that's when the lungs are beyond repair. Um, so emphysema is a common name. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is um, just a basically a flash of name for the same thing. Yeah, thanks for clarifying yeah. that. But it also includes. It also can include asthma, asthma and CFD. Yeah, because okay. asthma is an obstructive algorithm. Yeah. They fall under. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. Well, that kind of leads us into our next question as well. So, um, can you guys, as community members, health workers, um, share some insights on the specific effects of smoking on men's mental health, um, including stress, anxiety, depression, um, and how would these exacerbate those issues? Like either make them worse or either um, you know address those issues and. What have you seen, experienced being a smoker, ex-smoker, or seen with family members? Um, I'll go first. I've seen um, a couple of uncles and all that, you know, they're at the last um, last part of their life and they're trying to breathe and they can't, but they still can pull that cigarette. So it's, mm. it's a bit too late before the damage is done to actually try and do anything. Um, I had an auntie pass away and well, was, she knew that was coming up and I said, oh, you might have to give those cigarettes. And she said, 
what she's doing it now, the damage is already done. So we're trying to get in and educate a few of the um, mob before they even try to take it up or even if they're not really um, have that, I guess, um, need or addiction towards that sort of stuff. So how would you guys um, say that you've seen it's either improved mental, men's mental health or it's made it worse? Yeah. 
at the end of 12 months. That'd be pretty conservative, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well it's probably, probably, we, we did the research, yeah. Most smokers that I know, they're probably three, 400 a week, 500 a week. Well, there you are. Yeah. Back in 20 a day, I think we worked out to be 15 grand, and that was not that long ago. Like, oh, a little geez. while ago, so now yeah. with the price going up, it's, well, that's you, didn't it? it's yeah. a nice car. Oh, yeah, that's a good car. A couple of um, our champions will say, um, we don't drop any names, but we've um, had feedback from them. They went off cigarettes for, um, I think it might have been eight to 12 months, and yeah, ended up buying a new car for the family, ended up going on holidays and things like that. And that's just people that are local that we all know here at the table. So, yeah. It, when, when you see someone that does that, you can see how much of a dip that it puts into, I guess, um, the person who smokes or the family that um are with that family, with that person as well, you, you do see a big um disparity in income as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you guys want to add before we move on to the next question? I um, do. I do notice um, during these days, um, a lot of teenagers are starting to vape a lot more yeah. than what they was two to three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I notice vaping is coming a very real concerns with kids in primary schools. Yeah. From age nine and up, uh, yeah. there's been multiple cases where we've spoken to a few kids who had tried vapes, yeah. and you know, just seeing how young they are, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's right out there. Um, so just a little bit of history around vaping from what I did just before I come in. <laughs> um, vaping probably was it was, I guess the concept of it was brought in around the year two thousand mark. So, but I didn't, myself, I didn't hear anything until about 2018 that where it started really amping up. Mm. So you only got, what, 23 years worth of um, history and research that we've done, so we don't have long time effects like um, um, Dr. Moog said earlier. But where with smoking, um, I think there's maybe over 120 years worth of research. Mm. So we've been able to get the long term effects and we've been able to see what happens to um, us as mob and especially our players and us with all the other stuff that affects our lives. Um, where vaping can start Sorry, it's only come in just recently and we're still trying to figure out what happens <coughs> and we only get those stories that are sort of like, oh, the vape blew up in someone's mouth or they have those real extreme, um, real extreme sort of things happen to them but it's not like a very, um, I guess, wide known yet. Um, I had a yarn just recently with a couple of the school, um, some schools and they were young fellas, um, year seven and year eight. Um, they told me, a lot of stuff that I didn't know and I researched it um, when I got back to make sure that um, they're telling me the right stuff. And these young fellas, they do know what they're doing. They do know the potential outcomes um, of their health as well. Um, but it's still that deterrent message that we've got. we're trying to figure out um, to get these young fellas to make them better decisions for their health and if not, a more informed decision about what's going to happen if they don't. Um, Sometimes they think it's just cool. I think part of the issue is trying to fit in with their yeah. circle of friends. I think yeah. part of the issue is a long-term thing, so they go, oh, I'll, I'll quit eventually, but then it just takes hold of you. Mm-hmm. Nicotine's one of those things mm-hmm. you don't realise, you don't notice the addiction mm-hmm. taking hold, you know what I mean? Like, like I think Dr. Booth spoke about mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, it'll just be, oh, no, sorry, Uncle Barry, I think it was, um, you have yeah. one with your cup, it might just be one at first, and then it'll yeah. end up being a packet of basically. Like, Rise especially yeah. especially yeah. when you start feeding that dopamine to calm your stress levels down, I would say need more of every little thing. Yeah. Um, so this is, I guess, really based around health, and we're just going to have a yarn about as broad as we can, all of our experiences, but I'm going to bring back to um, the link between smoking and vaping. We probably don't have as much research on the vaping part of it, but around heart conditions, um, I'll look towards... Desi, he's been a bit silent here. <laughs> um, have you seen anything um, in your work in... Um, Lately, that you've seen where smoking, particularly or vaping, um, affects people's hearts or 
maybe you see them before, you know, seen them for a while, and there's a different um, effect on them. Yeah, there's, there's been a couple of people who have seen, I've been here for like, I've been here for about three years, and when we do like our check ins with like doing snaps and stuff, we ask, like, do you smoke, do you drink, you know, what, get the height, weight, blood pressure. And there's one bloke that he's like, yeah, I smoke a lot. And he's been smoking since he was like 20. And when I first met him, he was trying to give up. But stress got him, didn't want to acknowledge his, his mental health. And then a couple of years down the track, I seen him again and he went from walking normally to now he was in a pusher. You know, those walkers, he could barely walk. His heart was buggered. He just. How old's that one? Roughly. Roughly. Oh, of course. Like in his 40s, in his 50s, possibly. He'd probably be in his 50s because of smoking, right? Caught up on you, right? Yeah. 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 I get told by the doctors, well, he's a bloke who done quick by the time you're 30. That's when you start to see those long-term effects. Yeah. Um, how long did you say the different was, Mendoz? Three years. Three years. Like, wow. Within three years. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Like, it changed him. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the biggest shock that I've seen um, just as a health worker is where they're walking around, they're probably just at that point, just starting to get the CRPD, struggling to breathe, and then all of a sudden you see him dragging around an oxygen tank. Well, and that's the thing, yeah. in relation to your point, there's always thoughts of people about, you know, just say if you're going to live to, because we want to live to 80, right? A lot of us don't. Some just go past 80, but, you know, it depends on what you want in the last 20 years of your life. Do you want sickness, hospital, sickness, hospital, and, or shit? Or do you want actually a decent life and good quality of life? So I always say, I always draw a graph and I say, well, I prefer to get 80 and drop off my perch rather than have sick, 20 mm-hmm. years of sickness. Yeah, still looking cool for the next 30 years and then not looking so cool when you've got a little dance partner bringing that around every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it's a good um, quality um, life at the end of that. Yeah. Um, does anyone else want to add to any of that? Else? We've all got someone close. You know, yeah. my, my dad passed away from throat cancer oh, yeah. probably a couple of years ago now. He went so quick, like Dad was saying, like, must have been a year and a half, I think it was, and got diagnosed with the cancer and then it disappeared, but then it come back and then it was, by that point, it was a bit too. You know, they tried to cut his tongue, he's took all his teeth, yeah. cut a piece of his jaw, and he's quality of life at that point. I don't think I was going to come back from that anyway. Yeah. I think that's the thing, eh? Like, you don't know when you're sort of going to turn. Because, mm. you know, yeah. you could be like, I know blokes have been smoking for years and nothing's happened to them. And I know people that have yeah. been smoking for like a little bit of time and they just drop. Yeah. yeah. You just don't yeah. Well, yeah. I'm a doctor and I'm trying to convince my dad for the last 30 years to stop smoking, but I just haven't been able to yet. So that's how difficult it is. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in his ear all the time about cigarettes, but and he knows how difficult, he knows how bad it is, but he continues to smoke. Mm. Yeah, that's really difficult. But they, they say the nicotine, the addiction of that is up the, right up there <clears> with <throat> heroin and those type of um, drugs. Um, is that something you'd um, agree um, with, or? Yeah, I mean, like, in, like you said before, uh, about accessibility, right? So you can mm-hmm. easily get cigarettes, and probably a bit more easy than getting get a shot of heroin. But yeah. so accessibility is a big thing. Yeah. 
Anyway, social it's legally okay, okay to do. Still cheap. I, I don't know. I've never used heroin, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'd like. Yeah. You'd assume it's cheaper. I'd assume it's cheaper. Yeah. Um, uh, and more socially acceptable. But, you know, I think it is probably as bad. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I've said before, like, you use, you use one, you want more and more and more and more. You've got a tolerance for the same as your heroin or, or methamphetamines or alcohol. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. You'll have that tolerance and you just end up gone from, yeah, whites and yellow packs and right to your reds. I think that's the strongest, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know. And, and the white oxes. Yeah, the white oxes, I know they're pretty... Um, the oxes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what you see as the um, the unique challenges and in health disparities that um, we face as um, Aboriginal men, like um, that's, that's the main thing, we're here to promote us as men um, having health disparities and... That's what the month of November is about. It's about men's health. Um, I'm here to try and see how smoking particularly affects our health, but um, I'm, I'm guessing it affect, comes in and affects your whole body. Um, is that what you guys see at um, the community, in the clinic? Or, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, smoking can cause long-term illnesses like diabetes, kidney, um, COPD, asthma, um, multiple other chronic, chronic illnesses. Um I guess, you know, for people who smoke like myself, um, we'll eventually go on the path of quitting. So hopefully I'll get there. Well, you're in a perfect spot, mate, to learn how to do it. That's it. Thanks for that, Deacon. But since we just had a quick break, let's go back to that question there. Um, For Indigenous men, so what are our unique challenges and health disparities that we face um, when it comes to smoking? And the consequences on health. Um, Dr. Booth, you mentioned you had something to, that you wanted to add on off the top of um, Deacon. Um, what do you reckon is going yeah, on there? I was just going to, I was just going to mention that um, smoking is probably an end, an end point for us because you know we've got the highest suicide rate in the world. Yep. You know, highest, you know, very high cardiovascular disease rate, high diabetes, high diabetes, lung disease, um, pretty much anything you think of. Poor education, the highest incarceration rate. So, think about smoking. And actually, if you're going to treat smokers and look after people who smoke, you're going to have to consider all that. But also, like I said before, try and really look after people's social and emotional well-being to reduce the stress to be able to give up cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. So you don't go home round with your woman all the time. you just got to find some other way to do it. <laughs> so we say, we've got to try and find better ways for um, to handle our stress or to reduce our stresses. And, that, and that's it, you know, by going for a walk, push yeah. ride, doing some activities, distracting yourself from, you know, trying not to smoke. Yeah. And have you probably got examples of if you've been smokers or you see someone else, what what would you do to get your mind off, you know? I think fitness to... plays a big role. I'm sure Excellent. I've got a few people who yeah. speak to that. Excellent. Just like... Getting outside and just getting your blood pumping, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting back in, maybe get back into what it was when you were 17, 18, and just playing soccer, playing footy, riding, skating. Yeah. Imagine if you can go to the skate park and drop in now at this age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I'll we'll go try it this weekend with this fella yeah. here because he's a skater. But, um, <laughs> can always take up tennis. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you might have not have the knees like you do, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he's always bowling. Yeah. Long bowls. Well, long bowls, a bit of softness on the knees. You can yeah. always play Fortnite or gaming. Yeah, gaming. Um, yeah, so what I see for me, because um, I, I, I like to have a beer every now and then, mm. but for me to try and, you know, entertain myself or 
get my mind off it. I jump on the Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I play a couple of games with you folks around here. <laughs> um, a couple of lads that we work with. Yeah. But it's yeah, about finding what you find, um, find is soothes you. Is that is that what it's all about? It's a boredom thing too, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of the time myself, it was a boredom thing. So if you fill in those gaps in your day. Um, that next question here, we actually covered it a couple of times about um, the smoking rates, uh, respiratory conditions, COPD, lung cancer. Um, but is there any other special considerations that we should take as, as black fellows? Like, um, as you mentioned, Dr. Booth, we're, we're leading at every single <laughs> type of, um, what do you call it, illness or disparity or something that's going to stop us from progressing in life, um, whether it be health, um, with our career and all that sort of stuff. Like, um, yeah, what, what are the considerations that we need to take um, as us as trying to become healthy? Like, for me, I change a lot of what I'm eating. Um, I do a lot of exercise now. Um, I try to steer away from stuff that isn't going to, you know, nourish me. Um, but you still got to have your, you know, your outlets and things like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, that's one special consideration I have for myself. Well, personally, my, me, um, I, I look at my girls as, as um, inspiration. Yeah. I've got three daughters under the age of twelve and I wanna be I wanna be able to walk my daughters down the aisle. Oh, you just gave me shivers here. goosebumps here. But yeah, you also wanna be for us as well, doing it for our kids. We've got to be mm. doing being role models. Mm. Like we can muck around, but we also gotta think about the the message that we're sending them. Like mm. what are, what are you gonna be when you grow up? What are you gonna leave for your model mm. to think about you when you're no longer here? Um that got a bit deep than I thought it would go, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, here's another one, because you mentioned here diabetes earlier, right? um, diabetes, growing concern, we're getting all these sugars, all this other um, type of nutrition that we, us as black fellas and our genetic makeup doesn't... Um, doesn't adapt. Doesn't adapt to or hasn't adapted yet. The European food life. Yeah, so it's have. only been, like, a couple hundred years. It's going to take a couple of generations for that to stick, um, to kick in um, for any sort of change of us as a mob to be able to put up with this side of stuff that we're putting in our body. So that's one of the things that's worsened. Um, diabetes can worsen through smoking. Um, uh, could you discuss how smoking affects men with diabetes and any preventative measures or support that's available? What do you reckon? I mean, I don't know if there's a direct cause from smoking causing diabetes, but I mean, diabetes in, in our generation is caused by too much food, essentially, and the lifestyle we live. So there's two, two types of diabetes. One is an autoimmune condition, where you have, that's type 1 diabetes, you need insulin, or there's type 2 diabetes, and that's caused through lifestyle. That choice is essentially eating too much food, eating too much the wrong food. Now, the problem is diabetes, you can get all sorts of vascular issues, so you can get microvascular complications, which means problems with your eyes, you can get retinopathy, you can get kidney damage, um, you can get peripheral neuropathy where you get, um, where basically you can't feel your feet. So people, yeah. people are often, you know, bad diabetics will cut their foot, not know there's an infection, mm-hmm. end up getting their foot chopped off because it's, it's so badly infected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I always, you know, particularly a man, a man issue, I try and encourage my patients with diabetes to control their blood sugar level. And obviously cigarettes will make it worse by adding to the vascular insult. But I always talk about erectile dysfunction. I was just about to ask you about that, Doc. So yeah. it mucks around with your flow through blood through the whole body. Yeah. Now, us as men worry about, you know, that's our main thing that we don't want to go <laughs> on. Pride and joy. Right? Yeah, pride and joy. <laughs> the thing that's going to carry on your name. 
Outdoors smoking or um, diabetes or those type of conditions um, make these things worse by reducing our circulation. Yeah, so I mean, diabetes will basically increase sugar and it leads to basically can stick to the nerve, can stick to nerves, um, and it can also block up blood vessels essentially, um, make things a lot worse. And then you know, you think if you can't feel anything, well, eventually. You know, your best friend's not going to stand up when you want him to. So. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> that's one message to take home. <laughs> all right, that's the message right there. All right, if nothing else convinces you that there should be it. done enough. <laughs> Is that the end of the podcast? Now? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone else got something to add to that? Um, I think that was pretty. I guess support's a big thing. Um, yeah. For me, it's an outlet. Like it's a. I have only I've taken up smoking since 2017. Um, uh, started that because work, life, stresses. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an outlet for me. It's a quick outlet, you know. Then yeah. I can just go to the back, have a cigarette, mm-hmm. feel that I've calmed my nerves, which really I'm um, doing damage to my lungs and my body. And if anybody knows, like uh, me, uh, my mum passed away of lung cancer in 2012, um, which had a very profound effect on me. As a, as a young man, um, seeing my mum my go from an independent woman to bedridden, um, and yeah, it's it's a big journey. Um, yeah, so if you can reduce your smoking or stop smoking, it's probably beneficial, but choice and control comes into it and support as well. You know, we don't like to be told what to do or when to do it, but gradually supporting, um, I guess, clients and young men to, to reduce or to give up um, is the way. Um, but yeah. There's it's, it's a lot of societal pressures as well in life as well. You know, you look at the, the stigma that's attached to Aboriginal people. There's a lot of people, a lot of Aboriginal people not drinking and smoking less because of stigma to historical factors as well, yeah. the labels. Um, so support's a big thing, especially in work and outside of work and throughout the community. And that was my point before about, you know, recognising where we are and where we come from and, like, trying to work back through this, this sort of generating a generational form and in our own personal forms as well. Yeah, because it's, it's a form of escapism too. Like, you know, yeah. like smoking and alcohol, alcohol is it's like a culture here, same as like cigarettes to a degree, and it's just a coping mechanism for people just to kind of shut out everything that's going on in their life, I guess, and around them. And it's, sometimes it's the only way because there's other pressures in life, and it's the only way you can get a quick release, you know, because there's so much going on. And, Life has become so fast-paced that everything's just instant. Mm. So, that actually falls into a question, brother. When did you say you started smoking? 2017. All right. Well, this question leads right into what motivated you to pick up those smokes in the first place? What did you ho- see? <laughs> I was on holidays, couldn't sleep. Went back to the cabin, just couldn't sleep. I was just stuff it. Went down to the bar, got a pack of smokes, had three cigarettes, went up and slept like a kid. I didn't know it had that type of effect. It could knock you out, doesn't it? I was like, <laughs> me neither, but that's the effect it had on me. Guess, guess it calmed his brain down. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyone, anyone else that has smoked or is a smoker here? That, what, what do you feel like? When was the first time you picked it up? What, what did you think? So I started late in life, around about 22, 23. Yeah, it got developed in there. Yeah. So I started smoking ciggies full time, uh, but at first. Full time. It was, um, <laughs> yeah, you got to pop out with my cigarette. With the coffee. With the coffee too. Um, no, I was in my mid twenties, um, just 
just had my first two children. Yeah. So I was sort of taken up smoking. Stressful went through the roof for that. Yes. But yeah, no, taken up smoking, but was never smoked as a kid yeah. or teenager. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, when you're in that age where you're going out, partying, you're drinking, mm. you see your friends smoking, so you, you grab one. Social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, it came, I smoke when I drink, yeah. and then eventually it led the other way. I became a full-time smoker. Yeah, part-time, full-time. And Sometimes drink. that's good, like one dad has to go back. Yeah. Um, anyone else had any experiences? Might have taken up smoking, gave it up, um, got pressured into it? Or? My experience with cigarettes is sort of like that, except a long time ago, I used to smoke only when drinking. I was fortunate enough that it used to make me feel sick, so yeah. I did make me spew when I was drinking, and that was enough for me just to never really go down that road. Yeah, and I've heard a couple of those stories. Um, mm. I actually, when I was, again, started in the early 20s, you know, I thought it was cool, thought I'd give it a go. One or two cigarettes a day. Mm. I thought, you know what, I need to try some ZNRT. I'm enjoying this too much. And I stuck one on my ribs, and I felt sick. I've never touched one ever since. <laughs> it turns me off. It even makes me think better. Was that a patch, was it? Yeah, it was yeah. a patch, so you get these little patches. Um, Look in the links for those stuff as well for more information on NRT products. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my experience. I didn't really have a big experience with it, but um, it, was, it was enough for me to turn it off and, um, you know, not go down that track. Um, have you guys had any experiences with like trying to quit or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, each time we've had a baby, gave up. Yeah. So three times. Yeah. How many times? About four kids. <laughs> <laughs> two times, remember? So yeah, each time. Each time. <laughs> A baby was there, besides the fit, well, just say for the twins, I gave up yeah. smoking for about nine months, eight months. Was that so, while your woman was binge or was that when they were born? Uh, while well, she was binge Yeah, all right. So they were born, we were both back on it. All right, yeah. Lisa was off that during that stage. <laughs> yeah. Andrew's having more kids, mate. <laughs> 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 um, I need a long pregnancy for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I've almost got that uh, question out of the way. Um, What do you think is probably going to be the biggest inspiration for um, quitting? You mentioned kids. I I hear that one all the time. I gave them my my cigarettes when I had my first child or something along those lines. Um, What do you think would be something that you can relate to um, for people that are listening and watching? Um, For myself, I do just want to give up as I am getting to mid-30s, you know, getting older. Um, <laughs> and, and the cost of it, it's like 40 bucks for a pack of 20s. Wow. And if you calculate that over each week, that's... That'll be just almost close to three grand a year. Really um, yeah. You have a pack of those? Yes, so $40 that's a day. $40 a day. Uh, I'm not good at maths either, but I'm fast at it, but not good at it. <laughs> and that's between two people, so, yeah. you know, having 10 smokes each is a lot, well, the costing of it. But, yeah, no, just eventually it will work and eventually get off it. times 10, 2,000 times 5, just over 10 grand. Yeah, I was way off. Don't, don't listen to me about that. <laughs> yeah, 40 hours a day, Oh, I think, nah, 12 times 
Can you leave me alone, brother? <laughs> 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 that's enough to say. And that's only just in 12 months. Mm, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know, can you imagine saving that for 10 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine if I spoke to you and your partner too or anything else. You'd be able to buy a new car and a mortgage. Um, so let's move on here. Um, we're talking about um, Indigenous elders often hold valuable traditional knowledge. Um, how did they... So, how did they perceive the issue of smoking? And it's, I'm going to direct this question straight at you, Uncle, because you're the only elder in the room. Um, we've got a couple of ones coming up the ranks here, you fellas. Um, but, um, so as being an elder for us locally as well, Uncle, um, you hold a lot of, lot of the traditional knowledge. Um, how do you think the issue of smoking and the impacts on mental health has changed that you've seen? And um, how can you fellas share with us, not so much myself, but Mr. Peak Performance over here, Footy, <laughs> what sort of, sort of stuff would you tell him about smoking that these fellas should know? Oh, well, yeah, I, I grew up with, with mum and dad who were uh, smokers, and um, I saw a lot of that around on the mission. But also, I must, I must admit that we as young fellas and growing up, we had our elders on the mesh, but we were never encouraged to smoke. Yeah. Never encouraged to drink. Well, if, if, if they were drinking, they would tell you to go away. Go away, not, not to come mm-hmm. here. So that was one thing that I, I, I remember quite clearly. That's still something I see as well. Like if, if yeah. they are having a smoke, they're having a drink. They'll, yeah. they'll want the young ones to go away. Even, even yeah. when they had the piano days, you know? Yeah. Card, card days. Pups on the mesh. Tennis court. Basketball court. So I, I, I grew up, um, and that always stayed in my mind as a young kid growing up. I never ever wanted to, to be a smoker from yeah. a young age. I never ever wanted to be a smoker. I never ever wanted to be a drinker yeah. because I could see how that affected all the other kids on the mesh. When I saw their mum and dad drinking and charging up and the domestic violence stuff happening. So I never ever wanted to be, oh, I suppose in the long term, a father where my kids had to see that or yeah. be part of that. <coughs> so I was struck by that rule and I still stick by it. You know? But what my kids, I say, choices they make after they, they leave my place, is their choice, not mine. Yeah. They've grown up in a, in, a van, in a family where there's domestic violence, no drugs, no cigarettes, no alcohol. You're never a smoker yourself, Uncle? No. Nah, yeah. I had one pub. And that was enough, eh? That was enough. Yeah. Down catching pigeons at the showground. <laughs> 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 An old mate of mine, Johnny McCrory, thank you, unfortunately, dead now. Yeah. He, he had a pack of cigarettes and he said, Do you want to try it? And he said, No, 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 no. Yeah, come on. He called me in a bit. I said, Right, eh? One part. <laughs> that was it. No more. Yeah, done, nice. That was done and dusted. But um, I, I just saw so much of the young kid, uh, how it impacted on all my friends on yeah. the dish and uh, the life that they had to go through as well. And um, when you see your friends running over to other uncles out and say, come and stop the fight, mum, you're getting bashed now. And mm. you hear it too and you see it. <clears throat> And it's not, not a nice thing to, 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 to be a witness of. And so, uh, I always got involved with probably knowing my story pretty well. 
Hope was the thing that kept me out of the, out of the deep hole of drinking. Yeah. I never went to clubs after footy with my mates. Uh, that was nothing. And smoking, I never, never wanted to be that. It was just me. Yeah, I just, I just took up my time in all the sports I played: like golf, tennis, cricket, um, surfing. Of course, was really important. All the healthy stuff, and that—that's where I put all my time in. And becoming a dad quite young too. I was only nineteen when I had my first child. Yeah. And that was the most important part for me was to look after my my partner at the time, uh, as became my wife. And my child, and they were the number one things in my life, and they still are. And my grandkids, my great grandkids, are more important than alcohol, cigarettes, domestic violence. So I didn't want any of them to grow up and see that. And you know, you get frustrated at times with your with your partner. What I used to do, I used to go for a walk or a long run. Yeah. I'd run right around Coss. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you feel as far well as I am. going to the end of the back beach, and I run the whole back beach, yeah. and I'll come back. I run a two minute break down there and come back. I just love being active, and uh, it was good for me, mm. and I think it was good for my whole family. It's so good for the soul too. You had a dad that was angry. Yeah. Or, or, you know, caught up in the glory and then start blaming the missus for something or blaming the kids for something. Yeah, that was it. You know, I was, I was, I was a witness of all that as a young kid. Mm. And I didn't want my kids to go for that. And I think as, as fathers, that, that's our main role is to make sure that our kids are loved and protected yeah. and cared for. Them, so. And unfortunately, because a lot of <coughs> young men and young men, women are caught up in a lot of um, trauma as young kids themselves, and they've never been fixed themselves. So that whole life pattern continues, you know. Mm. Their children get caught up with it then. Yeah. I saw this, so this is what I'm going to do now, mm. and my kids going to see that. Well, I survived it. Yeah. So my, my kids should be able to. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's the thing, mate. Look, look addiction's so complex. Yeah. I I don't ever judge anyone about, you know, they come in cigarettes or alcohol or guns or whatever. It's so complex. And you know, we've got to try and address all the background trauma before we can, you know, we can offer the treatment, but it's really a good idea to address all the other background stuff. So, yeah, to me it sounds like it's not just an addiction with a substance, it's an addiction with a certain way of living and a, a lifestyle which um, gives you a certain, I guess, um, Relief or feelings within yourself. So I, I think it's definitely a, um, addiction is one of the biggest things. And if we're addicted to all these other things that are in our life, um, which are creating our stress, and then we're trying to mask it with smoking or alcohol or whatever else comes into mind, it's just going to be that recurrent cycle. So um, I, think, so, I think it's the way it looks too. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like Uncle Barry, his mum and his dad, like they smoke, but you stop. You kind of stop there, mm. and the chances of I think the chances of your kids starting to smoke sort of lower. Yeah. Well, I like, so so my mum, my mum and dad were smokers. Back then, they didn't have the rules about smoking in cars yeah. and houses. Yeah. You know, smoke mm-hmm. over. <coughs> so you just pick it up, and then you're stuck with it. Whereas you you changed it, and now. Your kids are probably less likely to smoke. Oh, yeah, like, like I said before, whatever choice my children make after they leave my home is their choice. Yeah. And that's not 
that can't say, well, dad or mum or drinkers and smokers. Mm. They can't use that as an excuse. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's um, a all of them. Yeah, it's, up to, it's a choice of, for everybody. Yeah. You know? Everybody has choices. And I know it's not easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you can make some choices and you've got to just try to stick by that choice that you decide to make. Well, it's benefit not only for yourself, but for your family. That's, that's, that's the number one, I think. You're doing that, making those choices for not only yourself, but your kids, your grandkids. Yeah, and that, like I said, it's not easy. But if we have, if we have a group of men um, that can come together in a good way yeah. uh, to talk about it, and uh, I think that's a good thing. Yes. You know, because it's not, it's not an easy battle for an individual by himself or herself mm-hmm. to take on. Yeah. Uh, we, all, we all need some help in some way, you know, mm-hmm. a bit of guidance, a bit of support. It's a bit of safe space for people to be able to tell you what they're going through yeah. without the... Um, yeah. Pressures of society or the judgment of like close people is yeah. men being able to be men where they need to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, that was a yeah. Even 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 more by by us sitting here and talking about this, even though you you know young man, whatever. Well, this is for all the lads out there. So yeah. it's not just um us that experience it or going through that. Mm-hmm. It's just we're going to be hopefully relating to people out there that are, you know okay this fellow's going through that or that's where they're getting their trauma or that's why they do this certain type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not just about us having a yarn here, it's about us saying out to everyone that um, hopefully sees this is that it's okay, but we've got to try and address certain things that if we're going to change um, some stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that's the main sort of message I'm going to take from you. And having those regular health checks are really, really important to come along and spend time with your doctor, let them know what's going on and, you know, we can we can build them on that, you know. Once you get all the blood tests or whatever you need to to do, yeah, um, yeah a, a really important part of that is to have regular health checks. You know what? Just what you're saying there is just the perfect transition to this next thing here. So I'm going to actually <laughs> ask Dee on this one directly, and maybe Dr. Booth. Um, what are the resources that you know that are available to support men, especially Indigenous men, in quitting smoking, improving their overall health? Um, and how can we encourage men to take the first step towards a healthier lifestyle? Um, I reckon the best thing is try and find someone that you um, look up to, be a role model, um, and that's what I want to try and be um, to other young, younger men coming up as well. So um, I try to always, you know, portray a certain image that, you know, healthy, um, looking after your wife and your kids and things like that. Um, you'll catch me joking about it, but <laughs> I'm never serious in that sort of um, that sort of style. But um, what do you think is probably the best way to get support? I'm going to ask all of you this time because it's probably my last question. Family, yeah. co-workers, um, people who you can rely on, people who, you know, just a general mate. You know, might go to Rowan and say, hey, let's have a yarn. I know you don't know each other that well, but he might tell me a bit about him smoking, I might tell him to quit. I don't know. Why he doesn't yeah. or why he didn't, why he quit and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's all about taking each other's um, perception in and using the experience we've got instead of trying to go through ourselves mm. to figure out the, the ending of it. It's always taking that yeah. first step, the big step. What about you, John? Um, as a child growing up, um, yeah, I've experienced a lot of um, heartache. Yeah. Um, I looked up to my Uncle Keith, um, who was a surfer and also 
a strong believer in God and um, just having his guidance and insight on certain things and how to change certain things in my life um, really helped having someone like that as a role model in my life. Yeah. We call champions, so when someone can yeah. go to a community champion, it's always yeah. good to have someone, a family champion sort of thing. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Well, let's just keep going around the circle. Oh, no, right. um, first thing I'd say is just come and talk to one of us. Um, there's lots of medications available. Um, like a, we can give you nuclear replacement therapy. We can give you Champix or Zyvan or <coughs> there's other medications that work quite well for smoking. Um, but I think the mainly mainly just come and talk to one of us and get a connection because and then and develop a bit of rapport and a bit of trust. Um, I'm happy to see anybody that wants to come and see me. So that would be your local Aboriginal Medical Centre. Yeah. Yeah, or anybody, yeah, any local Aboriginal Medical Centre. Yeah. Um, But I think for me, like, I mean, my patients are my inspiration because I have had a few people give up cigarettes and I've been really impressed by them. Like, I've had one guy turn up, I don't know if you were here that day, Des, but come up, he almost was pretty much dead in the waiting room and he's given up cigarettes. I was the one that ill. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 Must have been small parts, I can't remember. So anyway, he's given up cigarettes and you know, and there's a few other health workers that have helped give up cigarettes and and they're doing really well. And they you know, one one particular guy's like six months now, I was like, Yes, you know, like and that's my inspiration to keep going. Like, mm. I don't judge people for smoking, like I think it's a very complicated issue. I think addiction is very complicated. My mum smoked for many years until she had a stroke. My dad still smokes. It's very, very, very complicated. So it's an individual journey. So um, yeah, just, come, just feel free to come and talk to one of us. Yeah. And you'll catch us all at Down Below Aboriginal Medical Service. <laughs> Go to your local AMS that you'll catch um, in your area. Um, we'll have links to that in the description. Um, Uncle Barry, I think you've already said enough in that last question. So um, it's about role modelling, you know, making sure that you're the type of person that can look at things um, and make a decision based on what you want out of your life. Um, let's go over to this young, quiet fellow here, you know, 20 years old, fresh out of school. Yeah, so what um, supports have you seen or programs that you might have seen that um, can help men um, get into the stuff, talk about their issues around smoking or their overall health? Yeah, well, can't do it really. Yeah. <laughs> and all like, especially through school, you know, having all these programs come to school talking about smoking, um, you know, and then you, you go out in the community and I see it everywhere with the work I do. I'm always, you know, equipping what the effects that cigarettes have on you. Um, but yeah, I just think going to someone, you know, that's not even a, works in the medical field, but, you know, you can talk to them and take the first step. And I, my brother, watching him, you know, smoking and then when he's off him, now he's a completely different person. He's got energy, yeah. more happy. You know, he's not sitting in the back on his phone smoking <coughs> inside talking to us and, you know, having a good time. A lot more uh, energetic when he's off him. Uh, yeah. Totally different person. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They seem like quick line, one for a yarn. Yeah. You know, it's that for uh, particular indigenous smoking and hot lines that you call. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, we've got the indigenous quit line. Yeah. Um, it's a 13, 48, 78. We'll put that up on our um, <laughs> screen as well. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of different NRTs they could use. No, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That's yeah. nicotine replacement therapies. So if you haven't heard, there's a little inhalator. It gives the same um, sort of motion as a smoking cigarette. Um, you have the chewing gum, the patches. Uh, what else? One thing I guess a lot of people with the inhalator is they, they, they it wasn't what they expected. Yeah, they expect smoke. So it's not smoke. So don't expect to go get that and have like a, a replacement. You won't feel that burn <laughs> per se, but it will deliver nicotine into your system. Yeah. yeah. So we'll also put a link into um, how you can use the NRT effectively as well um, in the description of this video. Um, what are you seeing for the many supports we around for members? Um, yeah, like as everyone's saying, the the contact callback numbers um, on three hundred quick. Um, we've got like community fund days that you got like the ready month months. Um, tackling industry smoking, um, Gallandola. Yeah, I see it all, all throughout advertising, TV, radio. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a big need to promote uh, smoke-free zones and equip line, I guess, to reduce. Anything there, Brad? Yeah, you can have a yarn with your doctor, with your <clears throat> your health workers, even anyone, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it's good for you. They'll keep you yelling. That's what I was actually going to say. That was going to be my one. I was going to say maybe just even if you're not getting a health check to uh, to ask about smoking, just to see how you, if you haven't had a health check for five years and you've been smoking for five years. Go and get a health check. It's a great start because you'll yeah. see how backwards you've come since then. Um, yeah, yeah. And a lot of a lot of the time, I, I find like people don't want to listen to their like young kids. Don't want to listen to their parents. They're nagging. If parents are out there telling them the right things. They're telling them smoking's bad. They're telling them not to do this. You know, but they're, they're getting nagged about it. The school teachers, they sort of feel the same. They're getting educated. So maybe go to your local, like 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 you go to your someone look after. So like your um, you're writing singletons out there. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. The captain, the team, whoever it is, yeah. I haven't talked to them and say, look, I've been taking off smoking. Yeah, it's not a good idea. It's a good idea. What do you reckon? He's going to say, no, I can't do that. He's got to be a footy player. Yeah, you know I mean, you know, look up to them and respect that. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone's different what, where, where they start their journey, I suppose. So it's about all right. It works for you. I think that's a good way to wrap up. Um, yes. I'd like to thank you all for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your um, very busy schedules um, to be here and promote um, smoking cessation and a healthy mob for our men out there. So um, on that note, thank you. Get into some more um, sandwiches that we made um, <laughs> and get back to work. All right. Appreciate awesome. it. Cool. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs>